welcome to the Nittany Blues Podcast. By Penn State fans, for Penn State fans. Here are your hosts, Andrew and Vince. Welcome back to the Nate Blues Podcast, everybody. We are back in more ways than one. It feels like we've come full circle because now for the first time in nearly eight months, we have a football preview podcast. Uh, Penn State's set to take on West Virginia this upcoming Saturday. So we've got a full preview uh, for you on that. But Vince, how are you doing, brother? I know that uh, your voice is bothering you a little bit, but I uh, hope you're in good spirits. Oh, yeah. it's uh, Football is definitely lifting me uh, You know, through this right now. If your voice does not sound like mine at the end of the West Virginia game, you did not do your job at Beaver Stadium Saturday <laughs> night. It is going to yeah. be electric. If you don't sound like me, uh, you know, sell your ticket to someone else who who will. Yeah, so you're you're basically just getting ahead of the curve and just breaking your voice even before you uh, get to football Saturday. You're just uh, trying to get ahead of everybody else. Yeah, absolutely. But you know part of the hazards of the job with teaching you lose your voice and uh <laughs> you know players the players play through injuries so I, I can do a podcast uh you know through a vocal cord injury <laughs> well we, we certainly appreciate it so uh all right let's get into it here so before we get into the uh football part of things here definitely want to give some love to uh you know all the other sports that are kicking off and doing big things around Penn state for the fall sports season. So I'll just start off with a couple of, uh, you know, news bits and Vince, you can kind of fill in the gaps. Uh, so on my side, I, uh, you know, a couple of bullet points, um, tough start for the women's volleyball team so far this season, uh, losing to a number 11, Florida, number 20, Georgia tech, uh, back to back. So they're going to be looking to kind of turn their early season around, um, Women's soccer uh, continues to, you know, have a really strong start to their season after um, drawing with number two UNC. Uh, they've, you know, taken care of business. Um, kind of the same with uh, men's soccer. So they're still without a loss. They drew number five Pitt in uh, in their first game, but they just got their uh, first win of the season. Um, women's field hockey, uh, kind of similar to what uh, to women's volleyball. Um, they got their first win of the season over American in a, in comeback fashion after losing their first game of the season to number six, Virginia. And, um, I'm going to let you elaborate on this a little bit, but, um, I saw that cross countries, uh, getting some love in the rankings. So, uh, the women's cross country team came in at number four in the rankings in, in the, the region, Atlantic yeah. region. Yep. And, uh, the men's, uh, team, uh, came in at number six in the preseason poll. So can you like expand on that a little bit like why are there different polls um so there's a couple different polls uh you're typically going to have a poll for the big 10 because that's the conference but the region okay um they split it up like geographically so for example penn state is going to race teams like syracuse and bucknell because um cross country we're not we're pretty much doing the opposite of what college football is doing right now we're keeping everything within the region and then X amount of teams from each region get to compete at nationals, um, you know, for the national championship. So, okay, cool. Um, what else you got on uh, any of those sports? Anything that I missed? 
Um, yeah, just some upcoming events. Uh, Penn State's going to be at my old alma mater, Lock Haven, for the Dolan Duels on Friday. So they're going to be on the road. There's also going to be a, a lot of different upcoming Penn State events this weekend. So if you are in town, a lot of entertaining things to watch. Um, we got our men's soccer team. They moved up to number 20 in the rankings. They're playing number one Syracuse Friday night at 6 p.m. So that could be a good game to watch. Labor Day, they're going to be putting in some work. 5 p.m. for St. John's. Uh, women's soccer is getting us off to a good start with West Virginia. They beat them 2-1 to one, along with TCU 1-0 uh, to start off 3-0-1. Thursday, they'll be playing at 7.30 versus UCF. And Sunday, they'll be playing Monmouth at home at 1 p.m. Uh, women's volleyball, they're looking to turn their uh, season around uh, after a slow start. They'll, they'll be having the PSU invite and playing Western Kentucky Friday at 7, Colgate Saturday at 2, and James Madison Sunday at 2 p.m. And then field hockey is going to be heading to the West Coast to play Callan Stanford this weekend. Uh, Friday and Sunday, respectively. And then men's golf, to wrap things up, they are at Marquette for a tournament Sunday through Tuesday. So a lot of Penn State's sporting events going on this weekend and uh, a lot of fun stuff to watch uh, along with football. Cool. Yeah, I mean, it just seems like there's a ton to catch. Even, you know, even if you're just coming for the football game, there's still like so much that you can do, which uh, make part, you know, part of what makes these weekends so much fun. Uh, so before we get into kind of the full preview, um, definitely still have some more football news that we want to highlight that kind of exist outside of this uh, particular game. So a couple things we want to shout out here. Um, big things uh, with your guy, Mitchell Tinsley. Vince uh, made Washington's 53-man roster, so that's awesome for him um, after he went undrafted. Uh, so really cool for him. What's not cool is New England releasing quarterback Trace McSorley, uh, RIP, our guy, uh, war daddy Trace McSorley. Um, Vince is just another reason for us to hate New England on top of the many reasons why we already do. <laughs> and they're going to be a mess for week one. It's going to be like a 49er situation. Mac Jones is the only QB on the, the roster only, yeah, right now. He's the only one they got. So it's, yeah, I don't, I don't know what the hell their, their plan is, but, uh, so next year on my list, uh, Nick Singleton, uh, doing big things in NIL recently, um, signed and announced deals with, uh, Roback, um, the apparel brand and beats by Dre. Did you, did you see the video of all of his teammates getting beats like in uh, their lockers? Dude, it's so, it's so awesome. So it's like the classic, you know, all the guys are like crowded around, you know, in a circle, like waiting to like hear something. And Nick is like announcing, you know, he's just like, Hey, like, I love you guys. Like, you know, I want to, you know, we all love each other and want to support you guys and give you guys like, you know, just a little something to give back. He says like, everybody's getting like one of these and he like holds up like a box of, of beats and like the whole team is like going nuts. And so like when they came back to the locker room, then everybody had one of these boxes in their locker. So all these guys are just like going nuts. Cause they just got brand new, really nice headphones. So yeah, it's uh that was, that was kind of a feel good thing. Really neat. Yeah. That's really cool. Um, you know, Hopefully I'll, I'll be friends with Nick Singleton and maybe he can get me a nice pair of those beats and I'll, I won't have yeah, these like right. not $10 ones. <laughs> yeah, that's right. All we got to do is show him our awesome merch, but yeah, we guys not uh, on the lawn boy shirt. So right. Little uh, shout out. So another thing, uh, you know, just with, since we're not into technically the football yet, um, all these people, all these outlets are making their preseason predictions for, 
the college football playoff. And, you know, the usual suspects are getting the love like Ohio State, Alabama and Georgia. But Penn State has actually been getting a lot of love recently as a college football playoff contender. Um, you know, I think the biggest one that I saw was uh, Josh Pate, who we've shouted out a couple of times on this show. Um, I believe he's still involved with like CBS Sports for their college football programming. Um, he's put Penn State in his predicted Final Four, which I thought was very interesting. Um, so, you know, it it's like we keep saying, like there's a lot of expectations and a lot of hype around this team. So it's going to be um, interesting and quite an uphill climb for them to kind of meet those expectations. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, Coach Franklin has assembled a really good roster and they're trying some new things this year. Uh, Mm -hmm. You're going to see Mike Yurchich calm place from the booth. So that's going to be something that's new. Uh, They've done a really good job preparing. Uh, I watched his presser today and they have had a lot of night practices in Beaver Stadium. So they've, they've been literally practicing everything like catching the ball with the angle from like the sun and the stadium light. So they've been familiarizing themselves to the environment in preparation for this week one matchup. Gotcha. Uh, so also this is a great segue um, in terms of like preparation and things that they're doing. So one thing that has kind of, I don't want to say like captured headlines cause it's not like breaking news or whatever, but uh, James Franklin and crew have yet to name a starting quarterback for this week one encounter. Um, you know, a lot of people are expecting this to be Drew Aller uh, once the dust settles and Penn State's actually rolling out of the tunnel Saturday night. Um, but, you know, what what do you make of this, if anything? Like, do you think this is a little bit of like gamesmanship because Neil Brown from West Virginia has yet to name his starting quarterback? Do you think that there's like a smoke and mirrors aspect to it? Like he's actually trying to like keep it under wraps who's going to be playing? Or do you, do you actually think that there's a competition going on? Like, what are your thoughts? I don't buy it. Um, <laughs> yeah, neither do you I. Know, <laughs> I. I guess you're trying to plant maybe a seed of doubt, but it's, uh, you know, pretty clear that Drew Aller is going to be the starter. Um, Coach Franklin yeah. expects uh, Garrett Green to be the starter for West Virginia. So it's one of those yeah. things where like you, you have a good idea and, you know, I would say Drew Aller more than Garrett Green, but, you know, not a big deal. I think he is maybe saying that to to maybe indicate that, hey, if Drew Aller goes down with an injury, we got a very capable backup. He's performing very well. Uh, he compared Bo, Bo Parola to uh, you know a bigger Trace McSorley, which is a uh, wow. you know a very high praise. compliment. Yeah, big praise. And he was kind of saying that it's tough to gauge things in a practice because obviously they're not hitting as much, and for Bo. He's just more mobile and he's going to run more. And, and in practice, they don't do that because they don't hit. So, um, yeah. you know, it's harder to evaluate. He also talked about how um, Jackson Smolik is doing a great job and that they have three different offenses for all three of these quarterbacks to, uh, you know, highlight their strengths. Um, he was talking about how in the training camp and evaluation period, uh, they record every single throw. So they have statistics for everything. Um, Franklin said that the touchdown to interception ratio was 13 or 14 to one. So wow. offense seems to be clicking very good in, uh in training camp here. And like, just imagine having that job, you have to record like every single throw for like Drew Aller, complete, incomplete, complete. Like, <laughs> yeah, that must be very monotonous. <laughs> I'm sure it is, but if you if you love it, then uh, I'm sure it's a, it's a pretty sweet gig. 
Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm in agreement. I think that this, uh, you know, everybody knows and expects the starter to be drew. Um, I do like what you said though, about maybe James Franklin sending a message about being really confident in all of his guys, which is cool. Like not only from like a, yeah, my, my coach has like our players backs sort of thing, but also kind of gives you a little bit of confidence that like, yeah, Bo could really step in and do some good things. So, um, Time will tell. Um, yeah, and uh, so, something something I want to add in there too. I watched yeah. a little bit of because I was trying to figure out who West Virginia's quarterback is to prepare for the episode. So I was watching right. this guy's podcast, and he was playing some clips from the news conference. And uh, you know, West Virginia's coach was saying like, "Oh, this guy was inconsistent," and you know, talking about Not oh true? he made mistakes. Uh, no, no, like his guys. Oh. He was saying this about his guys. Oh God. Okay. And saying like, you know, like, Oh, like this guy was making mistakes and, you know, I'm glad in like the later part of practice, like you kind of got it together, but you know, Interesting. this is happening in practice against West Virginia, who does mm-hmm. not have a level of defense that, um, you know, we have, you know, kind of brings pause and like, I don't know. Like when I was listening to him speak, I'm like, this guy doesn't sound super confident in his quarterback room. So mm-hmm. I, when I heard coach Franklin speak, he made it seem like I got all the guys I want. I like, I'm luckiest guy in the world. Like I, I was not getting that vibe when I was, uh, you know, listening to West Virginia's coach speak. Interesting. That's a interesting tidbit. Um, yeah. Cause I mean, we know that he said publicly that he knows who he's going to play at, quarterback he hasn't announced like who that player is going to be i'm in the same boat as you i and you know you had mentioned that i guess james franklin also expects it to be garrett green um you know it kind of seemed like he was more of the mobile guy like the dual threat guy um coming out of high school uh he also rushed for a couple hundred yards um last season in uh limited snaps so you know he's a guy who can get out and run a little bit if he needs to um i also think that there's like an aspect to it where Brown knows how fast and athletic this defense is. So he's probably going to be looking for any kind of athletic edge. He can squeeze out of this team to get away from like, not only those pass rushers, but also from like Curtis Jacobs and Abdul Carter, because we all know how fast those guys are. So um, it'll be interesting. So and that's a good uh, gateway in here uh, to get into WVU preview. So obviously there's a ton of different storylines and angles to really think about this game, but uh, before we get into like any of, you know, analytics or over-unders and stuff like that, like what are your initial thoughts on this game? Like what are, what's top of mind for you? Um, top of my mind is uh, turnovers. Um, that's going to be the the key to this game. I think Penn State's going to come in with a more of a conservative approach. And with West Virginia's defense, um, they had one of the worst secondaries in, in the Big 12 last year. Uh, they finished, I think, with only like four interceptions. So I think that's good news for drew heading into his first game. And yes, the secondary is going to look different. They got some transfers, but in terms of turnovers, uh, West Virginia was last in the big 12 in creating turnovers. And I think like fourth overall in, in the FBS. So not great numbers for the defense offense is pretty good. They have a nice rushing attack. They're returning all five offensive starters on the offensive line. So I think that's going to be the strength of the team. I think you're going to see West Virginia kind of be like 
Illinois a few years ago. I think they're going to try to run the ball a lot and try to wear Penn State out and, you know, try to keep all of our explosive weapons off the field. So that's kind of how I see the game going. But I think our defense should be able to get enough stops. And as long as our offense takes care of the football, I think we'll be in good shape. So what do you think, though, about um, West Virginia bringing in so many transfers to the wide receiver room? Like, do you think that they're going to put a little more emphasis on the aerial attack, like with all the um, talent that they, you know, tried to bring in here? Like they got Devin Carter, who um, once upon a time was a transfer commit to Penn State. Like, do you think that they're going to just at least test this talented secondary? Or do you think that they're going to be like two to one rushing the ball versus passing the ball? Yeah, I think you're going to see a very balanced attack. Like, I think it might be more like 50-50, which that's still pretty okay. high for running the ball in, in t- today's game. Right. So I think you'll see Devin Carter get the majority of the targets um, along with some of the other transfers uh, that they have. But I think in terms of, you know, what's one thing that's going to get Beaver Stadium, like, exploding? A turnover, right? So oh, when yeah. you're running when you're going into enemy territory like that, and especially with it being so loud, um, just being able I, I feel like if you can run the ball, it's easier to run a ball in the in the loud environment and rush than it is to, you know, try to connect on a deep pass. Yep. No, I think that I think that's a good point. Um, so yeah, obviously with uh, you know, turnovers or lack thereof and you know what we're ho- hoping to accomplish as a team and as an offense. Um, let me hear your thoughts on this. Like, so Drew Aller, this is going to be his first game as a starter. His, you know, there's a lot of things that are going to be on his shoulder. Um, he is leading a top 10 team, a team that has potential college football playoff aspirations and a team that is coming off of its biggest bowl victory in nearly 20 years. So if you were Penn state and if you were James Franklin, uh, like what's your approach to help Drew settle into the game? Like, what does your game plan look like? And does it evolve like kind of as the game progresses? Yeah, I'm looking for three words. Run the ball. Um, I'm, <laughs> you have two stud running backs. You have a good offensive yep. line. Use it. Help the new guy out. Now, I think you're going to see a lot of running, but I think they're going to try to use the rushing attack to open up the pass game and expose West Virginia's secondary so I think you're going to see a lot of rushing, but you know, a lot of play action, and then they're going to throw it deep down the field and attack vertically. So that's what I expect to see uh, Saturday night. Yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat. I think that they're definitely going to lean on the on the rushing game a lot early on in the game, but I do think that they're going to try to get Drew a couple of those, you know, easy completions to kind of settle him down, like get rid of the early game like jitters and nerves a little bit. Um, and even still test the secondary by allowing those receivers to do things after the catch. So it's like, if you get the ball out in space, I mean, you've got um, Keandre or you've got Dante out there, like basically tell him like challenge and be like, make that one guy miss, see how far you can get down the field. And like drew will have his completion. He'll like, you know, be setting his feet and stuff like that. He'll be getting comfortable and we'll still be moving the ball. Um, and I had pretty much like all the same notes that you did. My, my like final, or I, sh- I shouldn't say final, but like the last initial thought was uh, raise hell on the defensive line. <laughs> like make yes. use of the crowd, like just get after him because this, it doesn't matter who the quarterback is. This is going to be their, I believe their first starting game, like regardless of whoever it is. I don't know if Garrett Green had started a game last year, but like, 
these like these guys are going into the same like scenario that drew Auer is the only difference is that they're away in beaver stadium in a night game environment like that's 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 about as close to like being in college football hell as you can possibly get so make use of the crowd get after the quarterback get him on the ground at least like hit him a little bit make him think about it um and just yeah just get after it because i mean this is one of the best like start you know front seven that you're gonna see so let's uh make it happen so yeah that's um, a really good point because franklin was saying that in his presser how the guys really hit the weight room they've added a lot of lean mass and he expects them to be uh, more physical up front and the strength of this West Virginia yeah. offense is running the ball. So if we can, is that line? Yep. Yep. That line. So if we can stop the run and stop what they do good and force them to, you know, try to throw the ball. That's how you create turnovers or strip sacks. That's how you have your secondary go after those 50, 50 balls and create turnovers. So I think that's a, a great, that's what I would do. I would try to stop the run and then let your secondary feast. Awesome. Yep. Uh, well-spoken coach Vidali. So, um, for, uh, players to watch, I mean, obviously, um, we know a lot of the, uh, expected suspects on Penn state side, and we'll get to that here in a moment, but, uh, from the West Virginia side, like what are, or who are some names that you're going to be looking for, or some people that you think that James Franklin and crew should be, uh, keeping their eyes on. Yeah. So I'll give you an offensive and a defensive guy. So, uh, okay. and a special teams, cause why not? Um, cool. Yeah. Yeah, offensively, I'm going to be looking at Devin Carter. Um, this yep, is a same. player that Penn State had a lot of interest in and in recruiting and getting up here. And, you know, Penn State's done a really good job evaluating talent. So he he picked West Virginia, so that's where he's going to be, and Penn State's going to have to deal with him. So um, I think he's the number one guy you're looking to stop uh, on the perimeter. Uh, defensively, the matchup I'm looking forward to, um, you know, this isn't like, you know, one of their two best players. Uh, but I'm looking forward to Kent State transfer Montre Miller. He's a cornerback. So that's going to okay. be a really fun matchup because I'm gonna, I'm sure you're going to see him around uh, Dante Cephas. So they're former teammates. So I think that could be a, a really neat matchup. Oh, one. Nice. Yeah. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. I hadn't even, uh, I didn't even see that. So good catch. Uh, the, uh, the other name that I'll throw into the mix there is, uh, is redshirt senior linebacker Lee Pogba on the West Virginia side. machine. Yep. Uh, led West Virginia in tackles last season. So, you know, he brings a lot of experience, obviously a lot of production um, to that Mountaineer defense. And I think that it'll be a really great matchup kind of all game long between him and uh, the rushing attack of Penn state. I mean, Nick Singleton and Katron Allen. I mean, like they're going to have their hands full with this guy. So that'll be fun to watch. Yeah, absolutely. And I uh, finished off special teams because, you know, we're going to get against Pat McAfee's alma mater. I got to give yeah, him a punter. Right. <laughs> yep. So uh, they have an Australian punter, Oliver Straw. So uh, Coach Franklin was talking about how he can do some of those rugby style kicks and how they're yeah. kind of tricky to kind of handle. So that's an obstacle that Penn State is going to have to face in this matchup. And they have a good kick return team. And they have a good kick returner. So uh, special teams is definitely going to be really big in this matchup. Yeah. And I think, uh, you know, knock on wood, but Penn State should be well-equipped on special teams. We didn't really see like some of the special teams woes that Penn State's experienced over, you know, the past handful of seasons uh, last season. So, you know, hopefully they just kind of take care of their business uh, 
don't let anything dumb happen on special teams. And, you know, we just kind of take care of the football in that respect. But, um, so on the Penn state side, who are you going to be most interested to see? Yeah. One last guy for West Virginia. I think we need to mention is uh Sean Martin, the defensive tackle. Um, he's okay. a game wrecker. So he's a guy that that offensive line is going to have to deal with. Uh, coach Franklin said, uh, they were heavily involved in re- recruiting him when he was in high school. So I think he's another guy you have to watch out for. But the guys I'm looking for, uh, Dante Cephas, no, uh, number one. And then Drew Aller, because first game in Beaver Stadium, uh, really excited to look uh, and looking forward to see how he does. Good stuff. Yep, I also have Drew. Um, like I said, first game leading the top 10 team. Like this is, it's a challenge. Um but, you know, as we've said before, I think that he is well equipped to rise to that challenge. Uh, so time will tell. Um, secondly, I have here is the entire offensive line. Like this is this is the time, you know, you've you had you had a great last season. You had another offseason to get stronger, get smarter, get better, like flex your muscles, control this line, protect your quarterback, open those lanes for your running back, like set the tone of this game and don't let. Penn State go three and out to start their first drive, like we've seen so many times in the past. Like, like just control them. And, you know, I think this is a good opportunity for them to do so because West Virginia is replacing a lot of production on the defensive line. So, you know, they're not they're not they're not gonna be playing Aaron Donald out there. So like take care of your business. Um, let's get, you know, a good push. Just give Nick Singleton like an inch of daylight that he needs to just take one you know, 60, 70, 80 yards or whatever. Um, Like, let's make that happen. And then thirdly, I have here is the safety group. So, you know, I'm looking at Keaton Ellis, Jalen Reed, and Zachy Wheatley and others. Um, And the reason why I'm doing that is because Jagger Brown is gone. We need a new anchor at that level of the defense. We need that new instinctive, smart playmaker. Um, There's a lot of guys out there who can do it. So it'll just be interesting to see who is going to take up that mantle. Um, So with that, Let's get into some keys of the game. So Vince, you had said about protecting the football, that being your number one priority. That is also my number one priority. But what are some other things that you think Penn State needs to do or at least should do to give themselves the best chance at winning? Number two for me is to definitely stop the run. They got five offensive linemen, all starters, all returning. They got three good running backs and CJ Donaldson Jr., Justin Johnson Jr., um, you know, uh, Jaden Anderson. So they got a lot of guys that they're going to throw at us. And I think they're just going to try to make this a, a grinded out game, try to keep Penn state's uh, weapons off the field. However, if you're making them go three and out and uh, they have to send Oliver straw out there, uh, that's good news for Penn state. Um, yes. My other uh, notes here, aside from protecting the football, number two is uh, don't make our do too much too soon. Um, you know, really lean on the run game to start. Uh, they have the players, they have the personnel to do so. Um, so just don't make our produce all the offense on his own, you know, get a couple of first downs on the first drive, get into a rhythm. Just don't let this offense, um, sputter immediately with how much talent and how much explosiveness, um, that there is across the line. Uh, number three is, uh, just really flex the strength of this team, which I believe is the defense, you know, get after the quarterback. There's you know, we could, we, we need like more than two hands to count the number of guys on this team who are capable of getting to the quarterback on nearly every single play. So let's get after the quarterback, make them uncomfortable. Um, and 
you know, make them nervous, like, uh, move Abdul Carter around, like show them different looks, like don't, um, just try the same thing every single time. And I know that Manny Diaz is really good at that. So I'm confident in that, but like, this is, that's a, that's a bullet that you should use early on because that's when the crowd is going to be their most hype. They love to just scream their asses off in the first quarter of the game, like make use of that and let's get after it. So, uh, those are my keys. Uh, so Vince, you want to get into, um, covering the spread over under and fact and fiction. I've been waiting all off season for this. Yeah. Um, it, it's been a while. Uh, what well, one final point I want to add on to yours is I'm really look, looking forward to see how chop Robinson and company do rush in the passer. Um, because okay. when you're, you're the quarterback, you have that clock in your head that tells you, okay, I, I got this long to throw the ball. But when you start getting hit and Ed rushers start beating tackles, that that speeds up, and when that speeds up, you know they get rid of the ball sooner, or they start making mistakes. So, yep, that's something that hey, the sooner we do that, the sooner we get in his head, um, you know, the better that's going to ben- benefit Penn State in the long run. But um, yep. yeah, I am definitely ready for over unders. Uh, so pumped, covering the spread, we got twenty point five. Uh, Penn State, no surprise, uh, very high in the preseason polls. Do you think they cover the uh, 20.5 spread over West Virginia? Yes, I do. Yep. I'm, I'm uh, predicting Penn State to cover this spread. I think that Penn State has the edge enough offensively um, to, you know, kind of outgun the West Virginia offense. And I think that Penn State has enough um, talent and athleticism on defense to uh, limit their weapons. So, yep, I'm taking them to cover the spread. How about you? Yeah, me too. I think uh, Franklin's got the guys locked in this year. Um, we've heard a lot about the strength and conditioning. Uh, Jordan Vandenberg was talking about how, hey, we got pushed around by Michigan and that's not happening again. So I you know, I think that was a big motivator. And uh, you know, I think you're going to see that show week one. And I think these guys in the locker room know that special seasons like this do not come around very often. And this can be a very special season. You got to be ready week one. Yep. All right. Over under 35 and a half for Penn state's offense. Oh, I'm taking the over. Yeah. I think that, I think a Penn state gets over that, um, kind of comfortably. Um, I'm not predicting like 70 points, but I don't think they're going to have much difficulty getting to that mark. Yeah, I agree. I also have the uh, over. I think Drew Aller is going to be able to expose a, a weaker secondary. And then, um, you know, West Virginia's got a decent defensive front, but uh, with the running backs and offensive linemen we have, uh, I think, uh, you know, we'll have no problem running the football. All right, cool. Rushing yards over or under 150 yards for Penn State? Over. Yeah. When you've got Nick Singleton and Catron Allen, there are very few games where I will take the under in that scenario. Yeah, absolutely. This is a, you know, um, not the best defense. So uh, when you have explosive weapons like Catron Allen and Nick Singleton and Trey Potts, um, that's a tough group to stop. So I'll take the over as well. Uh, Over or under 263 passing yards for the Penn State offense. I'll take the under here. Um, I think that there's going to be more emphasis placed on the rushing game in this game for a variety of reasons. So I think we're looking at closer to like the two thirty to two forty mark. 
All right, that's great. Um, all right, let's see how the defense does. So West Virginia last year averaged 172 rushing yards per game. Uh, does Penn State keep them under? No. I'm going to take, I guess, the under in this case uh, to say that Penn State won't keep them under that. I think that um, I think that they're just going to be trying to rush the ball so much that they're going to get that number by sheer volume alone. Um, especially like if we're, if we get like deeper into this game and if Penn state has like a 20 point lead or something like that, and we're putting out like the twos and something like that, maybe they like, you know, rattle off like a chunk play or something like that. Like, I, I don't know, like, I don't have like too many concrete reasons why I just feel like, uh, West Virginia will get over that number. Um, I think they might be under. I think it'll be very close just because volume wise, I'm just like you. I do expect them to to run the ball a lot. However, mm-hmm. if they start falling behind, that kind of forces you to throw and you gotta play catch up. I guess that's catch true, up yeah. So, you know, yeah, I, th- I think that's it, fair. I think it balances out. Um uh, mm-hmm. passing yards. Uh last year West Virginia's offense averaged two hundred twenty eight passing yards per game, over or under? Under. Um that was with you know, no disrespect to Nico or Garrett, but, uh, the, you know, their quarterback last year was a pretty damn good one. Um, you know, really prolific arm. Um, and the strength of this Penn state defense is the pass defense, you know, with, with the pass rush and with the secondary that Penn state has like this, this group is designed to shut down the pass. So I'm taking the under. Yeah, I'll take the under as well. Big 10 defenses are are just built different. This isn't the Big 12. So <laughs> I expect uh expect some big things from our edge rushers uh and our DBs. I'm also expecting some shade uh from you to Big 12 defenses, Vince. <laughs> yeah. Um <clears throat> All right, Penn State turnovers. Over or under one and a half? I'll take the under. Um I think that Penn State really turned a page last season with protecting the football, keeping turnovers to a minimum. I think that that's been a huge focal point in this offseason. I mean, just like any other football team, but James Franklin always talks about the importance of protecting the football. Um, And I also think, you know, similar to what we've just kind of been talking about here, um, they know that the way that they kind of keep West Virginia at arm's length during this game is to protect the football. You turn the football over, football over too many times stupid things happen um that's how upsets happen so i'm i'm thinking that this is really going to be uh top of mind um a lot of the uh other players on penn state squad have really talked about how drew has protected the ball during uh training camp that he's been really thoughtful and meticulous about not turning the ball over not throwing up interceptions really throwing the ball only to where their guys could get it so i'm i'm feeling confident in the under here yeah, same here. I expect them to take good care of the football. I don't think they're going to ask Drew to play outside of his capabilities. Um, Nick and Catron are going to be better year two. So give me the under. All right, cool. takeaways for the defense. Do you think they are able to force uh, over or under one and a half turnovers? Oh, over. Totally over. Night game in Beaver Stadium, ball hawking secondary, like this – yeah, this is designed for Penn State turnovers. Give me the over. Yeah, I do expect West Virginia to take good care of the football, but over time, I think they're going to be forced to pass and 
yeah. kind of desperation mode. And I, I think that's when you might see some turnovers happen, especially through the air. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the, and there's just like too much talent in the secondary just to not get at least one out of the air uh, based on that alone. Like when Kalen King's out there, like interceptions happen. <laughs> you know, that's just the math that I know. Yeah, absolutely. All right. And uh, moving on to, to sacks, are we able to get over or under two and a half sacks? Hmm. That's a tough one. Um, I'll take the over, you know, just because I think that they're going to be really riding the, you know, the, the crowd's energy in, in this game. Um, I also think the fact that like Abdul Carter being so prolific at getting to the quarterback makes a huge difference in this kind of calculation because you're not just relying on Adisa Isaac and chop Robinson to get to the quarterback. There are plenty of other players who can do it as well. So I'll take, I'll take three. So I'll take the over. Yeah, I think it'll be close to that range. However, I think I'm going to take the under. I think I'll take two uh, just because I think they're going to run the ball a lot and that's going to create create less opportunities. And um, I think, you know, their quarterback's going to throw the ball away a lot and a lot of incompletions. So I'll take the under uh, just for that reason. But I do think it could be in the the three, four range. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, How does our offensive line do over or under one and a half sacks? I'll take the under. I feel confident in this group. Um, I think that, uh, you know, they kind of did a really good job of keeping Sean upright last season. Um, and I also think too, I mean, we saw some flashes of this last year, but Drew does actually really know how to move in the pocket, like kind of climb that ladder a little bit to escape the pressure, get the ball out of his hands and stuff like that. So I think he'll like, he'll get his, his, fair amount of hits like his QB knockdowns and stuff like that. But I think when you look at the box score at the end of the day, I think you'll, you'll see one, one sack. Okay. Uh, I'm going to take the under as well. Um, I sure as hell know it's not coming from Olu Fashanu's side. I think, uh, <laughs> yeah. I think his blind side is pretty clear on the, on yep. the right side. Maybe you get one. I honestly would not be surprised if this is a zero sack game though, unless like somebody, um, totally blows an assignment and doesn't block somebody then uh you know i expect i i think this this has potential to be a zero sack game so i'll Mm -hmm. take the under cool all right moving on to fact or fiction oh yeah our one of our (laughs) favorite segments of the show it's back i love this yeah it's so much fun all right andrew i want to hear what you think fact or fiction penn state will have zero drop off in QB play from the end of last year. I'm going to say fiction. And I'm saying that only because Sean just had such a deep well of experience, play time, number of snaps, number of scenarios that he's seen from very high level defenses that he was able to lean on and to just kind of make use of. So I think that I think that the learning curve for drew to kind of eclipse that level of play from Sean again, like no shade to Sean. I just think that like from pure art town alone, like it's really tough to find a guy like drew. So I don't think that it's going to take very long for him to uh, kind of reach that mark, but he needs time. He needs snaps and he needs reps. And um, you know, you're not going to, you're not getting that through training camp. You know, we got mop up duty last year. Um, so this is, this is really where that wealth of experience is going to start coming from. So 
in the immediate sense, I think you're going to see a slight drop off. I do think, however, you're going to see flashes of stuff that you just didn't see with Sean only because Drew is able to do just so much with his arm alone. So I'm going to say, you know, from a like technical standpoint, I'm going to say fiction and say there's going to be a little bit of a drop off, but it's not going to last very long. Yeah, I'm in that same boat. I'll, I'll say fiction just for for week one. I feel like that's a a really tough ask for for Drew to yeah. be at. And um, yeah, you know, last season we saw in limited time we saw flashes of potential. You're like, wow, he looks like Josh Allen. But then there were some you know huge overthrows, and we're like, okay, is this Christian Hackenberg here? Like some really <laughs> really bad misses. So uh, I I think the talent is higher. I think you're actually going to see a, a big upside in terms of talent. But, yep. you know, the quarterback position isn't all about arm talent or, you know, speed, mobility. A, a lot of it's recognizing defenses and being accurate with the football. So, um, you know, that'll take time. I think he has all the tools to get there. And that's what I expect over time. But in, in terms of week one, uh, really tough ask. I'm going to say fiction as well. Cool. All right. Question number two. Penn State's front seven picks up where they left off at the end of last season in terms of tackles for loss and sacks. Uh, totally fact. I mean, this, this group is back. Um, you know, the biggest question mark is going to be defensive tackle, uh, replacing PJ Mustafer, but I believe that Penn state is well equipped, um, not to replace him, but to, you know, find good production at that spot, uh, here early on. Aside from that, I mean, you have all the major players back in Chop and Adisa and Abdul and Curtis, um, and you've also got Denied and Sutton um, in, you know, in uh, the two string and stuff like that. I mean, you, you could go even all the way back to the number threes um, to find guys who are really, really good at getting into the offensive backfield. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to say fact, I think this is like last year was a bit of a stepping stone. Like this is where they're really going to just kind of strut their stuff. Okay, so. I think the talent's still going to be there, but in terms of when we, at the end of the game, when we look at tackles for loss and sacks, um, I think I'm going to say fiction here. Uh, I, I think it's just because of the experience of the offensive line of West Virginia. I, I expect them to, you know, recognize a lot of different blitz packages and I think they're going to be really disciplined. So I, I think while it's going to be there and you're going to see it like week two against Delaware, um, it might not look that way week one. So I'm going to say fiction because of that. However, if Beaver <laughs> Stadium gets rocking and we start getting in their heads, I, I would not be surprised uh, if you're correct. Yeah, there we go. Little little bit of pessimism sprinkled on top with some optimism for, for the Beaver Stadium crowd. I like it. Yeah, absolutely. And speaking of Beaver <laughs> Stadium, our next question, Beaver Factor Fiction, Beaver Stadium forces three false starts or more fact they're gonna they're gonna force one on the first offensive possession of west virginia um same is gonna be true probably within the first two possessions um in the second half and then just throw at least one other one out there so yeah i'm, I'm saying fact here yeah so while west virginia was only five and seven last year um they did beat oklahoma coach franklin mentioned that they beat a highly ranked oklahoma state squad on the road at their place in their last game of the season. So um, this is a team that has shown potential to, to play well on the road. However, <clears throat> Beaver stadium is different. It's a night game. They have never experienced, you know, noise like this and the energy. 
So I'm going to say fact Beaver Stadium will force yeah. three false starts. And plus, I mean, like this crowd is going to have like, you know, some people are going to be tailgating for nearly 12 hours by the time that game time comes around. Like that's just, you know, so much time to get amped up, to just get fueled up, to just just scream your freaking head off, you know, at the start of the game. Like it, it's going to be like a like a powder keg, just like building in pressure until until kickoff. Yeah, I feel like that's how all Penn State fans feel. Like I saw yeah. a video the other week. I think I shared it with you of Brian Dawkins in the tunnel, just like hyping himself up. And he's just kind of like talking to himself <laughs> and kind of getting himself hyped. And then when he's able to run out the tunnel, he's, he's going crazy and you can see all the energy and, you know, he's doing, you know, his weapon X thing. And it was like so cool. And like, I, I feel like that's how all 107,000, like that's how we all feel. Like we're, yeah. we're all like right now, I'm sure we're like, everyone's at their jobs doing whatever. And we're like, Oh my God, like four more days to Penn State football, three more days <laughs> to be your yeah. stadium. Like that, I feel like that energy is there. And then on the day it's like, okay, four hours, three hours, two hours and Beaver stadium will just you know explode in noise. So, yep. Yeah. I think, I think the energy we bring, it's going to force a lot of false starts and, you know, you saw Minnesota first time experiencing it and they were not prepared. So I expect the same with West Virginia. Right. You know, despite a, a veteran offensive line. Right. All right. Uh, fact or fiction lockdown. You looks like lockdown. You who man, this is a tough one. Um, I'm going to say fiction only for a little bit here. Um, this is like another situation where I think that you know, once we get into kind of the three to four game mark here in this season, you're going to see everything uh, really start to kind of congeal and you're going to know kind of what to expect at different spots um, in this defense. And while I think that, you know, the secondary of Penn State is one of the most talented it's ever had, um, it has to replace Joey Porter Jr. and Jair Brown. Like those are two very, very capable playmakers um, in their own rights. So I think that, Penn state is going to going to need to figure out like kind of what everyone is good at for lack of a better description. Um, so I think that, you know, West Virginia is going to be able to make a couple of chunk plays here and there. Um, not enough to, you know, sustain throughout the whole game that makes it, you know, passing the ball, um, on every down, like super viable for them. But I don't think that, you know, cause like when you had Joey Porter Jr. And Kalen King out there together, I mean, it was just like a no fly zone. Um, so they, they just got to find that again. I don't think that it's going to necessarily show itself in game one because game ones are always like a bit sloppy too, in that respect, you know, everybody's kind of like shaking the rust off, like getting back to game speed and stuff like that. So I'm going to say fiction here, but similar to like the QB thing, I don't think it's going to take very long for this to really resemble last year in a lot of ways. Um, It's just going to be different. So they need to figure out how to take that different and make it into the 2023 version of that, you know, that past defense. So I'm going to disagree with you here. And in a good way, I'm going to say fact. Uh, I just think with West Virginia not having the best weapons uh, on the outside, I think that's going to give them an opportunity to shine and, I think the run game is going to be the strength of West Virginia. And I, I think <clears throat> that you're going to see uh, a lot of opportunities later in the game for lockdown. You to look like lockdown you. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. I like it when you disagree with me like this, Vince, it's uh it's nice. I like it. <laughs> yeah. It's uh 
very uncommon. Me, me disagreeing in a more positive way. <laughs> right. Yeah. All right. Last one. Factor fiction. The O-line keeps Aller's jersey clean. No grass stains. Ooh. Mm. I'm going to say fiction. And I don't think that that's necessarily going to be on the part of the O-line. I think that Drew, there might be a situation or two where Drew maybe tries to do a little bit too much. Maybe stays like, you know, on his feet a little too long to try and make a play. Doesn't throw the ball away. Something like that. You know, something that you expect, um, you know, really rookie quarterback to do you know a guy like you know sean knew exactly like how long he had like when he had to throw the ball away when he had to kind of just give up on the play live to fight another day sort of thing and that's part of like why he was kind of good at like evading the pressure so i think that the o-line is going to be elite i just think that our you know not that he's going to be dumb but i just think maybe there will be a situation where he tries to do too much and that's that's where your stain will come from it's just yeah. going to be from him like holding on to the ball and he's like getting tackled by two guys and then the third guy has to come in like to finally bring him down like <laughs> something like that yeah i'm going to disagree with you there i i do think drew cool. aller one of his positive traits is that he has really good pocket awareness i just think mm-hmm. he has a a really good sense of what's going on around him and which you know path to go to get out of the pocket and I expect the offensive line to be elite um, last year at the beginning of the year. I was definitely knocking them. They made the improvement. They have done events enough to convince me that, you know, I should have their back. So I'm going to say fact on this one. Cool. All right. So um, moving on to our favorite part of the show, first communion prediction of the season. Andrew, <laughs> what do you got for us? <laughs> Uh, yeah. So before we get into this, uh, let's do like a quick, a quick recap here. So on this podcast and part of our tailgating experience that we do is called the communion prediction. And this all stems off of, um, this event that happens every hour on the hour called communion, which is where everybody kind of groups together. Now it includes dozens, sometimes over a hundred people coming together to take a shot of fireball. Um, but before that happens, um, you uh, get together, you sing the fight song. It's just a way to like kind of get the get the group like riled up, get the you know the tailgating community just kind of excited and something that's nice to do um, amongst each other. And um, what kind of evolved from that was this idea of a community prediction, where you throw something out there as like something that's like a little bit out there in terms of like something that could happen during the game, but it would be completely awesome if it happened. So like a community prediction could be that you know, Drew Aller is going to have like four passing touchdowns or he's going to throw for like 350 yards or, you know, something that's like out there. So it's not going to be kind of your bread and butter, like, oh, this running back's going to have over a hundred yards of rushing sort of thing. It's going to kind of be taking that notch and like turning it up to 11 per se. So just a fun thing that we like to do just to throw it out there and, uh, you know, have a little bit of fun and also um, kind of test like just how, how well we're able to predict kind of the chaos that is college football. Um, So that's just a little bit of a background. So um, without further ado, my community prediction for this week is that Drew Aller is going to have two rushing touchdowns. And um, the reason why I think that is because uh, Penn state likes to do weird things with their quarterbacks. Like once they get down to the, down to the goal line, like once they get within like the four or the three yard line, like doesn't matter like who's out there. Penn state always just seems to like to run the quarterback uh, a little, maybe a little too much. So I think that um, here's my scenario. One of them is going to be kind of like just a 
charge up the middle a la the Philadelphia Eagles, like just, you know, power the way into the end zone. Another one is going to be an evolution of the wing T where the quarterback is the ball carrier. Um, yep. So uh, that's so I'm thinking Drew Hour has at least two touchdowns uh, that are not going to be through the air. I like so, it. Cool. Uh, what about you, Vince? What is your official first communion prediction of the season? Man, it feels good to say that. Yeah, it does. Um, I was going to go running backs originally, but then I felt, hey, I got to go Drew Aller. I was thinking over 300 yards passing, but I do think Penn State is going to be a little conservative, so that's not going to give him maybe the opportunities to do that, although I think he easily could if they were a little more pass-heavy. So, but my communion prediction has to be about Drew Aller, you know, our new toy on the offensive end. I predict Drew Aller is going to have zero turnovers in his first game in Beaver Stadium. Cool. I love it. Um, what are the reasons you think so? Just because like he's he's smart, takes care of the ball. Like what are what are some reasons why? Yeah, I think he's gonna be smart. I don't think he's gonna try to do too much. I think Franklin is going to to run the ball a lot to help him out. You got Theo Johnson at tight end as a safety blanket. So I think uh, I think he has all the tools set in place for him to be successful as a young quarterback. Cool. Uh, so on the note of, you know, having like some of those safety blankets, uh, here's here's kind of a hypothetical or just, I guess, prediction question for you. Who do you think is going to be the first Penn State player to catch a football this season? I'm going to say Keandre Lambert Smith. OK, my guess is Theo Johnson. <laughs> okay. And I think I like it's going to it. be like a quick, a quick, like seven yard completion, like just to get it, you know, quick, uh, pitch and catch sort of deal. So now I like it though. So are you predicting like a bomb, like a 35 yard, like, you know, streaming up the sideline sort of deal? I'm going to predict like a 20 to 25 yard post to the middle. Okay. Middle cool. of the field. Good stuff. Um, all right. So with that, we come to kind of the tail end of our predictions as they were. So give me your final score prediction. How do you think Penn State ends up uh, once the dust settles on Saturday night? So I think West Virginia is going to come out with a lot of energy. Uh, they've been in big games on the road. They've had some success last year. They got uh, a veteran offensive line who I think can keep them in it. They got some good running backs. Uh, but at the end of the day, it's just Penn State has way too much talent. I think they're going to expose the West Virginia defense. So I'm going to go Penn State 44, West Virginia 20. Good stuff. All right. Uh, so I'm very much kind of in the same boat as you. I think that, um, you know, this, is, this isn't this is just going to be like a steam train throughout the entire game. Um, I do think that Penn State is going to cover this spread. Um However, I do think that this game is going to be a one-score game at the half. So say something like 17-10. But I think that, you know, the first half of the first game of the season is always a little weird. It's in the second half that you start to kind of settle in a little bit in certain situations and just start to maybe execute a little more cleanly. You start to see some things that, you know, you saw in the first half that you're able to leverage and stuff like that. So I think that Penn State is going to pull away um, in that scenario. So my final score is actually very close to yours. I have Penn state winning 45 to 20. So 25 oh, wow. points. Right on. Yeah, I know <laughs> that's crazy. I don't know the last time that we uh, were so close, but good to know that we're starting out uh, the season on a high note with both of us uh, predicting a win. Feels good. 
It does. And, uh, you know, college football, it, it's even <clears throat> we love Penn State. That's the talking point of our show. But what are some other games you're excited to watch this weekend uh, and you think could potentially have college playoff uh, implications? Yeah, so uh, the two that I think really kind of fit that description, uh, number one has to be Florida State and LSU, um, two top 10 teams. Uh, I don't know if you I don't know if you saw this headline, but um, LSU, I forget like what his name is, like Mason Smith or something on the defensive line um, on LSU. He is he's um, suspended for this first game against Florida State because of a recruiting uh, violation, I think, or maybe Ooh. like, uh, like, I think, I think, I think it, it was like something different or something dumb though. Maybe not on the recruiting side. Maybe he like signed autographs back for money, like back when that wasn't allowed. And so the NCAA is kind of being dumb and like upholding it or whatever, but regardless, so he is suspended for this game and he's like expected to be like one of their top defensive linemen. LSU was looking into scheduling a week zero opponent so that they could knock that suspension off of his ledger Ooh. so that he could play Florida state. Like huh. if that's not sec football, if I like, I don't know, man, like that's, that's so hilarious to me that they would like try to get like a week zero opponent against like Indiana state just to like, make sure that this guy can play Florida state. That's so hilarious to me. Um, but yeah, so that's, uh, that's number one. Uh, number two, I would say it's uh, UNC in South Carolina. Um, I don't know if South Carolina is ranked to start this season. They are unranked, which surprised me. That okay, that is yeah, and that is surprising because um, Spencer Rattler seems to be like red hot. You know, coming off the end of last season, um, Beamer Ball is back. Beamer Ball. <laughs> yep. Uh, and so it just kind of seemed like you know South Carolina was doing a lot of really good things last season. Um, so I don't really see many reasons like why they would have like huge drop off. Um, and on the other side, obviously Drake may and UNC, uh, they have, you know, one of the two best quarterback prospects in college football, uh, in Drake may. So, uh, that, that'll be an awesome game. Um, two more ones that I have here is Utah versus Florida. Um, that matchup always produces, uh, some good games. Uh, Utah is the one ranked in this scenario, but, Florida has been kind of on a hot streak with uh, good things coming their way. Um, some big names, big name recruits uh, committing to Florida. Um, and Florida is always just like sneaky good, you know, cause it's Florida. Uh, yeah. So that's another one. And the final one I have here is TCU versus Colorado. And for my notes as to why this will be an interesting game, all I have here prime in all time. is co- coach prime. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so yeah, that'll be interesting to see. I think um, this will be a, an interesting like a little test here for Sonny Dykes to kind of show that last season was definitely not a fluke and that TCU is, is like the real deal. But uh, what about you Vince? What games do you have your eyes on? Yeah, I think that uh, LSU uh, FSU game, is going to be really good last year. You had LSU make that crazy comeback and then miss the extra point. Yeah. That might've even cost them a college football playoff spot. So it might've. Yeah. So, yeah, that was a big deal. Um, obviously, the border war between UNC and U.S., uh, you know, South Carolina, I think that's going to be a you know fun game. I think that's the Duke's Mayo Bowl, actually. So that's going to be a lot oh, of nice. Drake May versus Spencer Rattler, like big showdown. I expect USC to pull out of that one. Or okay. Utah, same reasons you said. And then also, I think Clemson at Duke is going to be interesting uh, week one. So you'll oh, see okay. Clemson yeah. in an ACC road environment. Uh, Duke's 
uh, program has been a little bit better over the years. Um, you know, obviously like the nineties, they weren't very good, but you know, past like five, 10 years, they've been building the program up. So looking forward to that as well. Yeah. And, uh, Kate Klubnik, uh, coming into, I guess like kind of year, like 0.5 of him being the starting quarterback at Clemson. Uh, cause he kind of took over that starting role, um, partway through the season. So this will be like year one of him, like having, you know, full starting role in that regard. So I think that'll be interesting as well. Um, yeah. So lots of, lots of games. I mean, we got to see Notre Dame and USC in action, uh, last weekend. So football's back, baby. Yeah, it's back in, in the big 10 week one, you got Nebraska at Minnesota, central Michigan at Michigan state, ECU at number two, Michigan, Fresno state at Purdue, Utah state at Iowa, Buffalo at Wisconsin, uh, number three, Ohio state at Indiana, Towson at Maryland, Toledo at Illinois and Northwestern at Rutgers. So you get another couple of big 10 matchups, uh, there to, to round out this, the, uh, college football slate. Yep. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) is it bad to say that like the one that I'm most interested in out of all those might be Northwestern Rutgers? Like, I feel like all those other ones are just going to be such a, like such a slugfest of one team over another that Northwestern and Rutgers might actually turn out to be interesting. Yeah. I think Nebraska and Minnesota has potential to be good, but like, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Northwestern and Rutgers. That's the battle of the salad dwellers, you know, bottom of the big (laughs) Big 10 West, bottom of the East. Like that's what you're going to get. Yeah. (laughs) Good chance for us to win. (laughs) Good stuff, man. So, um, got a couple of housekeeping items, uh, to mention here before we head out of here. But before I do that, anything else, uh, any final thoughts on this game? Um, or are you just, just hyped and pumped and ready for the season to start? TGIF. Thank God it's football season. (laughs) Amen to that. So yeah, so uh, we're going to wrap this up here pretty shortly, but want to remind you all that we have some new merch available on our merch store at shop.nittanyblues.com. We came out with three new designs, uh, one, a black shirt with our logo that's in pink uh, to reference the OG colors of Penn state uh, with those black and pink uniforms. Uh, We have one with the lawn boys, uh, which, you know, we're going to be going back to over and over again this season um, as we have our boys, uh, Nick Singleton and Catron Allen out there doing big things. And then we have a booty ball shirt going, you know, that's kind of a deep cut back to like our, our basketball days uh, celebrating Jalen Pickett and uh, his, monumental achievements as an all-american for the nittany lion so go and check those out we also have a promo code running uh now through the end of september to celebrate the start of the football season so use code 23 season 10 that's 23 season 10 to get 10 percent off your entire order so just a way to spruce up your wardrobe complete your game day look and uh look your best so go and check that out folks so uh vince you got anything else or you want to take us home yeah, if you'd like to support the pod, please tell your friends. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. If you enjoyed the pod, please leave a five-star review so that other Nittany Lion fans like you can find us. Interested in new episodes? You can subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or other streaming platforms to be notified. Thank you for listening, and we want to remind you that we are the Nittany Blues Podcast. See you next time, and go State!